Well, as I shared earlier, we're going to be beginning a series today, and it's on the names of Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. And we're going to dig in in this series to kind of the meaning behind the names. You know, in Jewish culture, names are very significant. You don't just pick something that sounds cool, like Tristan. I, sorry if there's any Tristans in here, but I'm not offending you. You know, but that kind of seems like what we do today, right? We just kind of pick names that sound cool, or maybe there's, maybe it's, you know, our, you know, our favorite lost, long lost uncle or something, but, you know, we pick names, but in Jewish culture, a name was very significant. In fact, it was, it was thought of that the name would sort of dictate the direction that your life took. And so the names of Jesus are very significant because they're the names that the Jewish people ascribed to God. And so they all had deep meaning because names were so important. And there are so many in scripture, but we're going to dig into a few over the next several weeks. And this morning we're talking about Emmanuel. This idea that God is with us, that God came down from heaven intervened in human history so that he could redeem a people for himself. Right, ultimately when God created us, he created us for a relationship with him. And then what happened? Yeah, we broke it. My dad paid attention in Sunday school. Good. All right. Right? We broke it. Adam and Eve, right? The fall. We have right away, God says, hey, I've built this perfect place for you. And God would walk in the garden and they were, they were in intimate relationship with each other. And God said, hey, there's one thing you can't do. Don't go and eat from this one tree. And of course, they did. And so the relationship that God created us for was broken. The results of the fall. And now sin, ever since then, since the beginning of time, we're all not, we're born sinful. David says in the Psalms, surely I was sinful from the time my mother conceived me. We're all born sinful and sin ultimately separates us from God. But the idea of Emmanuel, that God loved us so much that he came down. He left the beauty of heaven and came down and was born in this humble life. In a manger, next to the smelly animals, and lived not as a ruler or a leader or someone that was esteemed. He was a carpenter's son. And he lived this, this sort of normal life, 33 years, and then died. The worst death possible. And he did all of that for us. And so, this morning, what I want us to do is... is is I want us to, in, in a new and fresh way, see all of the ways that God is with us here in our life. And I think what happens is we, we sort of become blinded to the fact that God is here intervening in our lives. Almost as though we've become sort of inoculated to it and, and we, we don't recognize or we don't see it. In a fresh way, it's kind of like this video. That I want us to take Happy a look at. birthday, dear daddy. Yeah, okay. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> How old are you now? <laughs> oh, there's there's something for you to open. I'm younger than you. Shush up. <laughs> but I moved like better a brother than you. to a sister. Yeah. If I was going to guess. Don't guess. You're going to guess wrong. 
You're going to guess wrong. Really? Yeah. I will get it. You're just slow because of your age. <laughs> you know, I could probably still outrun you. <laughs> I don't know, not with that knee. I got all replacement parts. <laughs> all right, one more time. Are you saving the paper? No. Happy birthday, baby, from all of us. Happy birthday. What is this? Put them on. Put them on. Put them on. The sunglasses. How does it look? Oh, that's weird. Look at the balloons. <laughs> Can you see with our eyes now, baby? Can you, what colors you see? Those. You see colors now? <laughs> now you have rose colored glasses, baby. Now you see with our eyes. Do you like the balloons? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It doesn't look like mud. <laughs> it looks like brighter mud. <laughs> Paula did it. It looks so weird. I bet it does. <laughs> Haven't seen it forever. The trees look so. They don't even look real. <laughs> Seriously, they look 3D. That one's changing colors up there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, orange. You see that? Oh, man. Oh. Dorothy. <laughs> it is like the Wizard of Oz, isn't oh, it? Man. It's definitely like the Wizard of Oz when you go black and white and You're all of a sudden oh, you see color. Yeah, you can clap. That's, that was pretty amazing, right? And has anyone seen some of those videos on YouTube before? There's a bunch of them. But uh, that's a product. They're, they're called Enchroma glasses. And what they do is they take uh, people that are colorblind. And in particular, this brand works with people that have the red-green colorblindness. And all of a sudden, you put these glasses on and you can see colors. You can see colors, and I don't know if you picked up what he said. It was a little bit quiet, but he said, it doesn't look like mud anymore. And so it takes this, this whole gray world, and all of a sudden, for the first time, this 66-year-old retired weightlifter can see color. And it turned him into a little kid. He was like, 
couldn't contain himself. You know, he was so excited. And it was so fresh and new. And, and I think sometimes we need God glasses. We need God glasses to remind us that God is with us here actively in our life. And so this morning, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll, we'll put God glasses on together. And as we dig into this text and, and what it really means that God is with us, that we'll have a fresh view of that in our minds. And so the first thing that I want to say that it means that God is with us, it means that we have access to God's power. We have access to the power of the most powerful being in the universe. If you will, take your Bible out, and we're going we're gonna to look at Romans 8. And I encourage you when you go home to read the entire chapter, we're just going to kind of pick and choose some verses out of it right now. Romans 8 is often um, thought of as kind of the, 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 the pinnacle of theology in the Bible, and it's, it's very, very rich. But we're just going to look at a couple things that it highlights for us. I'm going to start here in verse 9. And this is talking in particular to Christians, okay? And it says, you, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who was raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, when we talk about having access to God's power, I want you to think about this for a minute, right? So Jesus comes. Jesus is God. He comes and he lives this this human, ordinary human life, but... He's still God. And so while he's fully human, he also has the power of God and access to that. So as he goes through life, right, he, he teaches us things. We have some sermons he did, the Sermon on the Mount. We have other teachings he did. We had some of his prayers recorded, just a few, but we have that recorded. But also as he goes through life, what does he do everywhere he goes? You, you, you probably know the answer. You won't get it wrong. What does he do? He heals the sick. He heals the sick. He helps the blind to see. He cures people of leprosy. Right? He's always reaching out to the least and lost, and he's helping them. He has power. But despite his amazing power, when he's, when he's ministering to the disciples, the thing he keeps telling them towards the end is he says, listen, when I leave, you're going to be better off. When I leave, it's going to be even better. And he keeps telling them this, and I'm sure they're like, yeah, whatever, Jesus. But he says, it's going to be better because then you're going to have the Holy Spirit. And so we no longer have Jesus walking the earth here with us, right, in human form. But what we do have as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. We have the power of God in us. That's what this passage says here in Romans. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead 
The Holy Spirit is the power that is alive in your soul. Imagine that for a minute. The same power that conquered death. There's nothing more final than that. It conquered that. That power you have access to as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. The same power that Jesus used to make the blind see you have in your life. Not only that, this is, this is, it gets even better, guys. You seem really excited. All right. Right? Verse 26. In the same way the Spirit that lives in us helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. In other words, when stuff's going on in your life, and it always does, right? Life happens. Bad stuff happens, and sometimes it's, it's hard, and we, sometimes we don't even know how to get the words out to pray. We're struggling and, and we're, we're, we're sort of crying out to God, but we don't even know how to do it right. Do you know that the power of God inside of you, in the midst of your struggle, this tells us the Holy Spirit is praying for us even when we don't even know what to say. The power of God is at work in your life actively each and every day. And the fact that God is with us, Emmanuel, means we have access to that power. That's awesome. It also means that we have access to God's peace. We have access to God. You know, Jesus is often referred to by another name. Sometimes he's called the Prince of Peace. Peace is a, is a very common greeting, right, in churches. We, we did this earlier, right? We passed the peace. We say, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. One of you guys gave it back to me. Excellent. I like that. You know, give that peace back. I like it too, you know, Right? We have access to God's peace. And sometimes I think of peace in this way. We have peace because we know that God who is with us is powerful. When we know that the most powerful being in the universe loves us and cares for us and has our back, that can give us peace. Right? You ever notice that um, maybe when you're with someone who's like strong and powerful, that it, it gives you a sense of security? That's why little kids sometimes, they'll, they'll like cling on to their mom or dad's leg. You ever notice that? Why? It makes them feel safe and secure. It, 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 they feel the sense of peace because they know that someone who loves them, who's bigger and stronger than them, is there to protect them. I remember um, when I was in high school, you know, I was, I was what I would call high school big, right? I was one of the bigger guys at my high school. There's high school big. So, you know, when I was in high school, I'd walk around like this. Because I was high school big. But there's high school big, and then there's college big, right? Right? Sandy, you know what I'm talking about, right? You were probably high school big. When you got to UM, you probably weren't big anymore. Yeah, you, you were just, you know, I mean... You got to UM, we didn't get there. So, I mean, you're good, good, good on you. But, right, there's different levels of big, and then you get college big. And I remember one time, um, there was, I don't even remember if it was a bowl game or something going on. There was this college from University of Michigan, and all the football team came down, and they were here. And this football team were here, and, and those guys were, they were college big. Like, I, 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 I knew one of them, one of them was a buddy of mine, and so I was hanging out with them a little bit, and I didn't walk like this anymore. I kind of walked like this. 
You know, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And so, uh, back then when I was in high school, uh, 441 was the end of the world, right? There was nothing beyond it. You guys remember this? Anyone grow up in Boca? Right? There's, beyond 441 is, is, I don't know. No one knew, right? It was like mud and dirt, and that's where we would go and hang out and have parties, and no, we didn't, mom and dad. Uh, But anyways, that's where we would go and share the love of Jesus with the world. And, um, so I was out there one time, and I was in, I was in my truck, and this was when these, this Michigan football team was there, and I, and I was driving my truck in the mud, and it didn't get stuck, but it got kind of stuck. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where the tires start spinning and they're, you're kicking up mud and dirt. And unfortunately, when I did that, I kicked up all this mud and dirt on one of these Michigan football players' girlfriends. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. All right. And so the rumor was that he was now going to kill me. That was, that was the rumor that he, whoever, whoever was driving that white truck, I'm going to get that guy. So I definitely didn't walk like this. And I was like, eh. you know, like, I did not have peace. No peace at all. I was high school big. This guy was college big. College real big. But I did know one person on the football team. So I went to my friend Troy. And I said, Troy, can you save my life? And Troy was, Troy was college big. He was not just college big. He was probably one of the biggest guys on the team. He was just like this, I don't know, mountain of rectangular muscle and roast beef. I don't know. But um, so Troy went and he talked to this guy and, and the guy, you know, said, okay, if, if David apologizes to my girlfriend, then I will not kill him. Now, so this is a good arrangement. I, we were all in favor of this. I didn't want to die. You know, I was willing to apologize to whatever needed. And so I go, but I was still nervous. And so I said, Troy, will you come with me? Because I knew that Troy was a mountain of rectangular roast beef and mussels and whatever, right? And so I knew that if this guy somehow changed his mind, he probably couldn't kill me. He would only just mildly wound me because Troy would intervene. And see, it's, a, it's sort of a silly example, but I think it paints a picture, right? We have access to God's peace because God is with us. God loves you desperately. He loves you desperately and he's walking through life with you. His Holy Spirit indwells you. And so you have not high school big, not college big, not pro big. You have ruler of the universe big has your back. And if that doesn't give you peace, nothing will give you peace. God is with you and he has your back. Listen to this. We're going to go a couple verses further here. Right? We just found out that even when we don't know how to pray in verse 26, the Spirit's praying for us. Verse 27, He searches our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That means He's, He's actively involved. He's interceding in our life. And then verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Right? So we know that God is working in everything in our life. That gives us peace. God is, every situation in your life, God is at work through his spirit that lives in you. That's better than Troy having your back. God has your back. 
And that gives you peace. So we have access to his power. We have access to his peace. We also have access to God's provision. I'm not going to dig into the scriptures because there's so many of them, but, but just a few that come to mind, right? God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. He says, consider the lilies of the field, right? I don't know what, I'm not a flower person, but I know lilies are flowers and flowers are pretty, right? So, and it says, as beautiful as those are clothed, how much more do you think God will clothe you, who he loves? We have access to God's provision. He says in the verse we just met that he is working in every situation to meet our needs. Another passage, it says, who, if their son asks for a fish, gives him a snake. Now, the first time I read that passage, I thought, you know what? I actually might do that. Just for fun. But the reality is, as a parent, right, we want the best for our kids, We take care of them. We provide for them, right? God, your Father, wants to provide for you. The fact that God is with us, that His Spirit indwells us, means we have access to His provision in our lives. And most importantly, we have access to God's presence. You see, this all started, right? We started by saying God created you because he wants a relationship. God created the world. He created us because he wants a relationship with it. Our sin broke that relationship. And yet by grace through faith, which we celebrate in this meal, right? By grace through faith, we are reconciled to God. And he wants, he wants to have this intimate relationship with him. He wants us to have that relationship, each and every one of us. It's like this. Who, who's ever been to a concert or a sporting event, right? Yeah, most of you, right? And, and what, what happens is you start out, you get a ticket, right? And you get a ticket, and a ticket gets you in. And there's certain tickets. Maybe you go to a concert. There's certain tickets that are general admission, and that just sort of gets you in the door, right? So it could be one of those standing room only, and you're, you're way in the back, and you're, you're looking, and, and wow. There's, there might be someone over there singing, I think. And you get, you know, you've been there, anyone been like really far away in a concert before? Like it's nice, but, you know, it would be better to watch it on TV. And so you get that, and then there's different levels. Then you might be at a concert where you get right up front, and you get to become one of those teenage girls reaching out to touch the Beatles, right? Anyone ever done that? Oh, we have one of those teenage girls, Carrie Gallagher, in the back. Right? You did, who'd you touch, Carrie? Who? Oh, Alan Jackson. All right. Um, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Am I warm? Is that the right song, Brooke? Yeah? All right. Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? You get to reach out. Someone that you idolize and think, how love, and you get to reach out and touch them, and that's really cool. And then there's, there's the ultimate level, right? The VIP backstage pass. Has anyone done that? Oh, big rollers here, all right? All right, we're going to be checking your tithe checks. You guys have just raised your hands. No, and, and that's the best experience, right? Because you get to meet someone that you idolize. And it's awesome. It's this awesome experience, and, and you're kind of in awe. And I, I remember, um, you know, you guys know I'm a Miami Dolphin fan, right? It's my cross to bear. And um, 
And so I've always been a dolphin fan. And so the, the opportunity, you know, arose one time that I was, uh, well, there's this player. And he was, he was a guy that I really looked up to, a guy named John Offerdahl. Anyone remember John Offerdahl? He was like this guy that was never really supposed to be that good, but he all effort and heart. And so he ended up being an all pro and did awesome. Well, after he retired, he opened these bagel shops, Offerdahl's. Anyone ever been? Yeah? They still have, they, there's one here in Boca. And now it's Offerdahl's Grill. But going back a few years, they had this contest and you could fill out this form and you could, you could win this VIP on the field experience. John Offerdahl would take you into the field. You get to meet the players. And so, you know, just fill it out because, I mean, no one ever wins those things, right? And I actually won. Exactly. Right? And I won. And, um, and so I took my son Bear when he was younger and we got to be on the field. We got the VIP experience. Not only that, but John Offerdahl took us there. And he's introducing us to Dolphin players and he's introducing us to Dolphin cheerleaders. It was amazing. It was incredible. And we're on the field and they are. They're, 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 they're pro big. They're like huge. There was like a fourth string tight end and I'd never seen a human that size before. I was like, oh my goodness. It was amazing. Right? And, and that experience, that backstage pass. Guys, here's the cool thing. We have that with God. Not a Miami Dolphin player or Alan Jackson or fill in the blank, your favorite star. We have a backstage VIP pass with the creator of the universe. And I think sometimes we forget about the privilege and honor that we have in that. That God is with us, Emmanuel. God is here living inside of us. And we we just let it go. No one would dream of giving up a VIP backstage pass. No one would. I mean, maybe you'd sell it on StubHub, but no one would dream of giving it away. And yet too often, I think we forget to put on our God glasses and recognize that God is with us. I want to close with this. This is... uh, a website that kind of shows what we saw in that first video. It shows what life is like with and without those enchroma glasses. And you can see, you can kind of see in that picture, right? I think that's Mayan ruins. And you see, slide all the way to the left, if you will. You see, life is just gray and dull and drab. But God wants so much more for us. He wants us to experience his power. He wants us to feel his peace. He wants us to know his provision. And ultimately, he wants us to be and bask in his presence. Will you put on your God glasses? Will you experience the presence, the power, the peace, and the provision of God? I pray that we all do. Amen.